welcome back. I am glad you're listening. I am sorry my voice is almost completely gone. I was just having too much fun shaking my ass Miami. And that is exactly what I wanted to come share with you guys. So just a quick shout out. Thanks, mom, for giving me the motivation to keep recording these, keep writing. Um, And thanks for listening. But I have a hard time continuing with this because I don't know what I'm going to do in my future. Um, But the one thing that I do know about myself is that I really care about writing. I really care about this blog and the podcast that I've obviously put a lot into. I've shared a lot of myself. I've gotten vulnerable and I've learned a lot from it. So I am not stopping. Hopefully when I graduate, I will have more time to commit to this. Um, But you know, for now, getting my best content (laughs) that you can right now, considering I probably have like three exams that I should be studying for. Anyway, we're all about the procrastination. And I guess that's exactly what this post is about. And without further ado, 10 lessons I learned on my spring break in Miami. I might piss some people off, but here is my honest account of spring break in Miami. Expectations high, bank account low, so you can imagine that the reality was exactly what I made of it. So, lesson one. You're going to pay a fortune to be a part of a scene that is there to show you what temporary fake clout feels like. All the cover charges for places you have no idea what they're actually going to be like usually end up being the most disappointing nights. In my circumstance, we booked tickets, 30 for girls, hallelujah, and 50 for boys, for this place called Eleven which was supposed to be the poppin' scene as told by some former spring breakers. What we were so disappointedly greeted with was a depressing wannabe strip club for college students, which was very clearly guarded by greedy fools who do not give the time of day or even respectable salary for the half-assed lap dance the strippers are required to give the overly excited drunk college students who can't spend more than a few dollars on each stripper. That was a mouthful. But I was truly astounded by this place. It was just filled with a plethora of barely post-pubescent boys with their jaw dropped and manspread to cover the fact that they're just now seeing stripper boobs in real life. Then you have the college girls, like me, who tagged along with their friends, just now realizing that their bodycon dress does not show nearly enough skin and that they may not be so sex worker positive anymore. Seeing that kind of derogatory behavior and empty look on those girls who work their body on stage for a living just doesn't set right when you realize there's probably some really rich dudes profiting from their exploitation. As well as the exploitation of college students who just can't afford to spend $20 on a Corona. Come on, Mr. Escalade and Balenciaga man, we have student loans to pay off soon. Lesson two, you may tell yourself that you'll stay in to salvage the little hydration you have in your body, but then be tempted by the flashing lights and Instagram stories because we all can't handle FOMO. 
The three times I spent midday curled over some eggs and waffles to try and soak up all the decisions from the night before. When I told myself I wouldn't go out again tonight, ended up being just one of the more full nights of memories, tequila shots, and then memories my friends had to remind me of the next morning. I like to think now that when you commit to a week in Miami, you are committing to the full bender, and it only ends when you board that abominable and nausea-filled flight back home. I understand this now, and will be bringing a larger pack of liquid IV to my next trip to Miami. Lesson three. The more post you see about someone's Miami spring break, the worse their trip is going. I mean, we all kind of know at this point that social media is a very poor reflection of how someone's life is really going. When I was having my best nights in the town with my bestest of friends, I could have lost my phone for good and gone home happy. However, the times you saw that cute-ass bikini post of mine, I was laying in my bed, double chin to the screen, thinking about how much cooler my spring break is from the others. That may be a bit of an over-exaggeration, but really, who's having that much fun if their face is constantly covered by their iPhone 13 camera? It's not that good of a camera, I swear. Lesson 4. Miami is full of posers. And for the single ladies out there looking for a yacht party with Quavo, be careful. One Instagram post. Just one, tagged on Miami South Beach, and boom, your DMs, comments, and likes are flooded by the ever-so-snaky Miami club promoters. They sure know the name of the game, and they know that the hotties have to show off their body yaddy yaddies as requested by Miss Megan. So they take one quick look at the gram during spring break season and the game begins. Now, maybe there's a very teeny tiny like 0.001% with fair intentions and half-priced but still expensive tickets. However, Quavo or not, odds are this will not be the littest night of your life and may even be the last if you just so happen to run in the wrong crowd. That shit can be fucking scary, so please be smart. Lesson 5. Most people are too goddamn worried about what others are thinking of them that they don't take full advantage of those big-ass dance floors. I was shocked by the lack of dancing in the clubs we paid close to a $50 cover for, and pleasantly surprised by the variety of dance floors to bust it down to Dua Lipa in the gay clubs. My friends and I can agree that the most fun we had last week was the nights we ended up in the somewhat smelly, Lady Gaga-filled, and sweat-stained gay club twist. We were able to dance freely and explore our most unfiltered and uncensored self. It feels good to let loose. So why not take that stick out of your ass and let it shake to Peppa's on the breezy outside dance floors? Lesson 6 You'll never fully recover 
from the week-long hangover. I can say, a few days back in reality, and it feels like nothing can cure the lack of hydration, serotonin, and palm trees that is contributing to the post-Miami depression. I mean, how can you really accept going back to reality after a week of sunshine, debauchery, and not one care in the world besides potentially maxing out your credit card? I can't, and I'm ready to move back to the palm trees and forget that the real world exists. Lesson 7. There's a rich culture that no one really gets to indulge themselves in between the blackout nights and 1pm hangover brunch. The first thing I noticed when we made our way to our South Beach Hotel was the Cuban influence in the architecture. It is rich, vibrant, and full of an array of Latin influences, and I really only saw a fraction of it. We were so busy hopping from bar to beach to restaurant to hotel that we didn't really have time to immerse ourselves in this culturally booming city. Miami is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. Lesson 8. The urge to try hard spreads like the fucking plague there. Or like COVID did. The minute I got there, I realized that my wardrobe did not live up to the expectations of Miami one bit. I just had far too much cloth on me. Everyone else seemed to have brought out their best fit, and Miami seems to love the nicer things in life, so I wasn't about to let myself drop a ball. I am not going to lose the opportunity to strut my stuff on Ocean Drive because I had just spent three months in a full snowsuit and boots. So naturally, my friends and I made our way up to Lincoln Road for some light shopping. It may not have been the Versace shades I would have had to shell out a bag and a half for, but the $20 black shades that I'll eventually lose will do just fine. And don't get me wrong, I still look like a bad bitch, even if I'm on a budget. Lesson 9. Your bank account wishes you'd spent the week somewhere a little more low-key, like Costa Rica or the Virgin Islands. But the moments you have there remind you that Miami is for the memories, or lack thereof. You will have a time in Miami, whether you're looking for it or not. The city is filled with this energy of pure, unadulterated fun that is just intoxicating. And then you add on the $25 margaritas on top of that. We honestly get so excited to spend all our money. And I think that's because we never even really came down from the night before. Fuck it. It's Miami. And only the second spring break I've ever had. All of us college pandemicers can agree that we have a lot of steam to let off. And the Miami heat seemed like just the place to do it. It was the one time that I noticed seemingly everyone felt willing and able to be carefree and say, fuck any and all responsibilities out the window for a week. Don't let this chaos fool you, though. Eventually, 
you will have to look at your bank statements and get back to those exams you didn't finish yet. Sorry. And last but not least, lesson 10. Don't do the drugs they so kindly offer you on the beach, at the club, or even in the Uber. Just don't. This one should be self-explanatory. Hello, hello there. Are y'all having a good time? See, I still, I still can't get out of Miami mode. And it's made me a louder person. And it's made me a more out there person. But I think that was like a good influence. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Anyway. Um, this one was definitely a lot different than the other content I've put out. A lot more fun. Um, and, you know, I just kind of wanted to share my experience. So I thought this would be kind of a cute, fun way to do that. So I don't have too much to say about this one because it's pretty, you know, straightforward and to the point. Um, But I just kind of wanted to talk about my experience more. I mean, obviously, you know, there are some negative things that I say in here, like not liking the fancy clubs or whatever. But that's also just like my own personal preference. Like I'm very much kind of the personality to want to bar hop and meet people there because I feel like you have more opportunity to like chat with them um you can make the dance floor your own rather than being like fucking sardined to everyone else um so yeah I just kind of wanted to share my experience obviously everyone's experience is different and you know I'm sure everyone has their opposing opinions and beliefs about Miami but it was definitely fun it wasn't necessarily what I expected per se but it was fun Anyway, a point that I did kind of want to speak upon um, is like the idea of college binge drinking. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are aware of the fact that substance abuse is a really big problem um, in the younger, I mean, just overall, I wouldn't even say younger generation. It's just a problem overall, especially with the pandemic. A lot of us started to use substances to cope with what was happening. Um, And what I learned from this trip is like, eventually you're going to have to come down, you know, and the more you party and the more you try and push down these negative emotions, the more they're going to come up. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah, I had a great time and you saw all my Instagram pictures, whatever, of like me out with my friends in a bikini in the sun, you know, so happy, whatever. But when I got back to Boston, you know, I had a full on panic attack of just like not really sure about where my life's going to go, being really nervous about graduating soon. I think that almost, I I would just honestly say that everyone, I wouldn't say almost everyone, I would say everyone is really nervous about graduating because our college experience was cut off and we just right now get a taste of what it's supposed to be like and it was amazing, it was so much fun but then we have to leave soon and we have to go in the real world, oh my god, Um, it's just a lot So I think it was really nice to take a little break from all the shit um, and kind of act like nothing really mattered. But, you know, that can only last for so long. 
life is not spring break, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, you got to come back and figure out what makes you happy outside of <laughs> drinking and being on the beach. I think we put a lot of pressure, um, and this is also just comforting myself by saying this, but I think we put a lot of pressure on having the next step ready before you've already finished the first step. You know, because if your life has no direction, what are you doing? You get depressed. I've been there. been there too many times to count, and I'm not even 22 years old yet. But... I'm trying to get more comfortable with the unknown. And everyone's giving me that advice. It's so much harder to actually put that advice into play and feel comfortable in your life. So I want to remind the people who have no idea what their next year is going to look like that we'll be okay. We'll figure it out. And even if it feels like you're taking a step back, you're not. Because you cannot go backwards in time. And if your mind is playing games with you, thinking that moving back in with your parents is a step back, think again. Because where are you? You are in your parents' house, but you have a degree. And that's a big fucking deal. So I hope this is comforting to anyone listening, if there's any college students out there. Um, Because it's certainly comforting to me, and I'm reminding myself this. Because I definitely set way too high expectations of myself. And I was really thinking about this recently. Um, I was listening to the Call Her Daddy podcast with Mel Robbins. um, And she gives the advice of just like the first step that you need to take in your mental health journey is being kinder to yourself. You know, when we're younger, we have these belief systems that are set into our minds without us really even knowing it. You know, your parents say something about your grades, you know, that you should do better. You should always get A's. That's a belief system that's set and you're going to, you know, believe that until you don't. And it's hard to change those belief systems. But when you can give yourself the credit to get that B in order to get that A next time, you'll have a lot of an easier time actually living up to the expectations you have for yourself. Because it's good to be a, you know, like a high performer and strive for more. But in my circumstance, I set way too high expectations for myself. And I couldn't live up to them. And I got really, really depressed when I couldn't. But that stops me. And that brings me down even further than allowing myself the space to mess up and not live up to those expectations and do better the next time. And not put the pressure on doing better the next time. Saying that I have to. But just trying a little bit harder. Just a little bit harder. Because what's the reason of pushing yourself? To meet these high expectations in a timely manner. To have the perfect life. And, you know, make it. To feel like you made it. But what is making it? Doesn't that mean there's an end? You made it somewhere? I mean, like, you know, we can get all into it here, but the end is when we die, and there's nothing left there. So why do you have to make it in life? 
You should just make life. You should just make it your own and not try and be the social media influencer going to Rome, then to Spain, then to Dubai. Like if you want to do that, great, make it happen. But you don't have to follow someone else. And I think that's such a weird thing. I think the concept of following people is weird. You know, social media has grown so quickly. We haven't really had the time to question like what the fuck it means. Following someone, that does mean that they're influencing your life. Like if you're following what they're doing, that is having an effect on your life and what you think of your life. So I'm going to tie this all back around to feeling unsure about where you're going to go after college. And that's because we have so many choices. It's a paradox of choice. We can't decide because we're given so many different representations of what you could do. You know, in the past, it may have been a little more clear. You'd be like, okay, you do finance, you're going to go into finance. You go to law school, you're going to be a lawyer. You know, you go to med school, you're going to be a doctor. But now it's like, like, think about it. Our young, very, like, influential minds are continuously seeing people make loads of money. People get loads of attention. People get deals and opportunities they've never even dreamed of in their life by sharing their whole life on social media. And the way that I see it, it's totally fine if that's your choice. But like this constant stimulation and constant try to produce content makes you feel forced to share your life with others when you may not want to. And that fucks up your mental health. That makes you burn out. Like I was just listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast. Um, I think it's called Everything Goes. Yeah. And she was talking about how after, you know, a few years of YouTube and constantly posting a video a week about her life, she felt drained because she was constantly sharing her life and what mattered to her with everyone else and then everyone else putting their opinions on her life how are you supposed to deal with that like we don't even have enough tools for our own personal mental health to like feel somewhat steady in a pandemic that just happened and now war and then you also want us to focus on the millions of millions of other people's judgments of what we should do with our life So then there, we're told by our professors that this is the field that we should go into. We're told by our parents that they think we would be good at this. We're told by Instagram influencers that if you just post enough of your life and you have cool creative content, then you'll make money. And we're like, well, where the fuck do you go from there? At least that's how I feel. You know, some people may be a little more, you know like steady and sure about where they're going to go and what they're going to do after and more power to you if you have that like that's great that's awesome and I'm proud of you and a little jealous but it's okay um but I also want to remind the people who don't feel comfortable that it's okay 
just because someone blew up overnight on TikTok and made a lot of money doing that does not mean that you have to blow up overnight. That's not the point. The point is continuously building yourself up to be the person you dreamed about because it doesn't happen overnight. Like the world makes it look like it does because it's so fast and complicated and all over the place, but it doesn't happen like that. It's the work you put into it and the things that you care about that will come into fruition. So this is what I'm reminding myself because I've been way too fucking anxious lately. And I hope that this reaches anyone who needs to hear this right now. Because I know, I know for a fact I'm not the only one. So I will end it there. Um, Again, this is something that I'm really proud of. I've been trying really hard. Uh, I'm not consistent with it because it's really hard to stay consistent with it while I'm in school. Um, my first priority right now is graduating. So I put that first. And when I have a little extra time, I come and do this blog and the podcast. Um, but it is something that I'm really happy about and would love, absolutely love if you could share it with someone. If this resonated with you, please send it to someone. Just sending it to one person helps me so much because like, then I can continue growing. Um, and also any feedback. That would be cool if you have any. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. And lastly, thank you, mom, for helping me with these realizations. I'm glad I'm where I'm at. I can be proud of what I've accomplished. And I can continue trying to do my best. Because life is hard. But that doesn't mean it's going to stop me. All right, have a good week.